Praise God. We are a lively bunch on Wednesday nights, I'm telling you. Well, there are times when you uh, deliver a word that you know is needed, but you don't know exactly where it's needed. And then there are times when you deliver a word and you know it's needed and you know all of us need it. And that's what I am going to endeavor to do tonight. I have one verse. You can remain seated. Book of Matthew chapter 14 and verse number 24. Matthew 14, 24. It is a text of scripture that I actually preached from just a few weeks ago. A little different line. Something the Lord has been talking to me about for uh, several weeks. And I may do more talking than anything tonight, but I do believe there's a wonderful, powerful message that we need to get hold of. And it simply reads like this, But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. For the wind was contrary. And I want to talk to you for a few moments tonight about Contrary winds. Everybody say contrary. Contrary winds. <clears throat> contrary winds are perhaps among the most uh, difficult mysteries that beset life. Sometimes they come from an evil origin. Sometimes they are the result of just circumstance. Sometimes they are part of just the frailties of life. But they are real and they are powerful and they have a tremendous effect upon people's lives. The Sea of Galilee, of where this particular story took place, was some 600 feet below the Mediterranean sea level. So if you could imagine something that far below sea level, you can only imagine what happens over the course of time as water fell and uh, rains descended, how deeply the ravines and gorges were gouged out of the side of the earth, so much so that it became a treacherous place because of the lowness of its location uh, it seemed to be a funnel that drew down the winds from the mountains that surrounded it. And so it was often at the whim of these winds. And they were most often sudden and many times they were severe. And in our text, as you are well aware, there are strong fishermen that are rowing against such winds. And they are having a difficult time, an extremely difficult time in rowing. And by calculation, over a nine-hour span of time, they had only rowed less than three miles. So you can... You can understand that they were not going anywhere very fast. And they were having a difficult time. And it was here in this 
this particular setting that these men encountered this ordeal of contrary winds. And if this could happen to them, then certainly it could happen to us. That in the journey of life, at some place and during some point in life and maybe many times in life, you and I are going to encounter such contrary winds. And if strong men have a difficult time with it, where does that leave the weak among us? The contrary winds that I speak about tonight entail the whole complex of hostile forces that seem to form a merciless conspiracy against our life. They are forces that work against everything that we represent. They are strong and powerful and they are merciless forces. And they are happy to witness our downfall. They are contrary. The word in the Greek means antagonistic, hostile, or against. It literally means that those winds that are blowing against those men, and in an analogy, blowing against us, are moving in the opposite direction from which we are trying to go. So contrary winds are those winds of life that affect the passage of life, that affect our ability to maneuver through life or to navigate the life that is before us. And these contrary winds have a way of frustrating the labor of sincere people. And they often hinder the progress of the most pure of heart. And they are against the best of people. And they come to all of our lives. And they are the things that smite us at the most unexpected times. And they punch hope in the face. And they put faith to its sorest test. And they slap you awake in the middle of the night. They're contrary winds. They're forces that are against you. And they are working to stop your progress. And to keep you from going where God intends for you to go. And when these forces assail anyone, it is pitiful enough. But when they begin to beat down the brave and the obedient among us, then certainly we look at that and we wonder where is the goodness of the Lord. But let me remind you tonight, these were His disciples. And this was His journey that He had commanded them to take. It was His command that they were obeying. It was His directive they were trying to follow. They were chosen. And yet God sent His chosen people into adverse circumstances. And He sent His called individuals to endure such contrary winds. That simply tells me this, that good people are going to go through hard places. And good people are going to face difficult situations. 
And good men and good women are going to have hard times in life and they are going to have difficult rowing, if I could use that analogy. Because the way of duty is not always easy. What God has called us to do and what He has called us to become is not an easy thing to accomplish. And when you read this passage, there almost seems a moan in the words that could only be interpreted by those who were involved in the struggle. Simply means that only someone who has been there understands what it means when it says they were toiling in rowing. They were toiling in rowing until you've been there You don't understand the depth of what that means. But when you have been there and many of you are there right now and you're working as hard as you can work and you're trying as best you can try and yet all that you are endeavoring to do seems to be pushed back upon you by these forces that you cannot see you can feel them, you, you can sense them, and you know their effect, but you cannot put your hand on them. If they were an enemy that you could put your hand on, then you could wrestle them down, but you can't see them. All you know is that they are trying to stop you from getting where you need to go. And so tonight you're just rowing. You're just toiling against those winds. And so the contrary wind... It it was through these that these disciples had to row to get to where God told them to go. And how fierce they beat on them and how they affected their lives, it is obvious from reading the text and reading the rest of the story, how frightened they were when Jesus came to visit them in that storm. And it was against such winds, the Bible says, that they toiled. When I read this, something began to speak to me several weeks ago. And I, I don't know if I can get it across to you the way I need to, but I'm going to try. But what, what this text reminds me of tonight, when I read about contrary winds, and when I understand that they come to everybody, and everyone is affected by them at some time or other, When I read this text, it tells me that I ought to be more careful in how I judge other people's lives. Because you never know what they have had to go through to get where they are right now. How easy it is for us to look at people on the surface and criticize them because they are not something that we think they ought to be when we don't know their story. And we don't know what they had to fight and what they had to endure just to get here. There are times that you walk into church and you look at people with a jaundiced eye and you look at them critically because in your mind you think they ought to be farther along than they are. But what you don't know is what they've had to battle all week and what they've had to row against all week and what they've had to fight to get where they are. What you and I need to understand tonight is that everybody's having a hard time right now 
And if everybody's having a hard time, we ought to be a lot more merciful than we are. And somebody said, amen. You don't have to, you you don't know what they faced down this week in order just to get here. You don't know what they've had to fight through to get to where they are. You don't know what kind of winds they've had to deal with in order just to be where they are. So you need to be careful when you start to criticize somebody else about what you would or you wouldn't do about their life or how you would do things differently. You don't know what you would do until you had to fight through what they had to fight through to get where they were. You see, it's easy for us to measure the width of the Sea of Galilee. It's easy for us to calculate that it's about 12 miles and that they should be able to row across that in a matter of a couple of hours. It's easy in our mind to calculate those tangible things, but what we cannot calculate are the intangible things that come against a person And those are the things they had to fight through. And when you look at them, you say, you know what? You ought to be more mature than that. You ought to be doing better living for God than that. When you don't know the kind of winds and hell they've had to live through and fight through just to get where they are, it ought to make all of us a lot less judgmental and a lot more merciful when we understand that everybody's got a contrary wind of some kind blowing in their life. Amen. Praise God. Everybody's dealing with it. I see people today that are so mean and vindictive and it grates on me. There is nothing that gets over on me any more than to hear people criticize and complain and be super critical and in general point out all of the shortcomings in life when they don't know the whole story of that life. I want to cry out, what in the world are you doing? What in the world are you thinking? Have you not considered contrary winds? Have it ever crossed your mind that they might be going through something that's worse than hell itself? Has it ever occurred to you that the reason that they're not as up today as they ought to be is because they've been rowing as hard as they can row and doing as good as they can do and they walk into a church house and instead of being greeted with a smile and arms of love we look at them like what's wrong with you wake up church and listen to what I'm telling you tonight we are all in a battle and we have all been called to such a time as this And we need a lot more mercy around here and a lot less criticism and a lot less judgmentalism because everybody's fighting things today they never dreamed they would have to fight. Contrary winds. The winds were contrary to them. If we could remember that, if we could remember that everybody's going through stuff, And everybody's having a hard time. I'm going to give you some things that God gave to me that this church needs to start living by and incorporating. Number one, if we understand that there are contrary winds working right now, that there are people, good people, 
that are trying the best they can, but they may not be making very much headway. They may not be progressing like you and I would want them, but if we could understand contrary winds, if we could only remember these words, how they would keep us from harsh treatment and judgment of other people. The old adage said, don't judge a man until you've walked a mile in his shoes still applies, folks. And you don't know what they've had to go through. You don't know. I remember in one revival I preached, there was an elderly lady that come in. And I had noticed her the first few nights I was there. She was always one of the first ones to come. She was always in this particular place where Sister Jonesy is always right there. And she was always clapping her hands and always praising God and worshiping. And, and I thought, well, she's just the happiest person in the world. And one night, the pastor just happened to lean over to me and he said, Brother Hughes, let me tell you about that woman right there. Her husband hates Pentecost. And every time she comes to church, she can count on one thing. When she gets home, he's going to beat her. And every time she would go home, that old man would mishandle her and treat her. He would physically and mentally and verbally abuse her. Contrary winds. When you look at her sometimes, you might think, you know what, she ought to be better off than that. But you don't know what she's had to row through to get where she's at. So when you know that, it'll make you a lot less judgmental. It'll make you a lot less critical and a lot more careful to make sure that you love everybody around you because you don't ever know when that person you're loving right now is having a day from hell. They may be going through the worst nightmare of their life and what they need more than anything else is for somebody to come by their way and say, be of good cheer. And that's what Jesus did. He came by their, their journeyings and he said, be of good cheer. Many of the harsh things that you and I say would remain unspoken if we just remembered contrary winds because you never know what kind of winds that person you're talking to are facing and what they're having to go through. Number two, if only we could remember these words, how they would temper our love for everyone we see. Amen. So what if they're a jerk at times? Amen. They may be a jerk right now because of contrary winds. Love them anyway. Well, Brother Hughes, they just use me. Well, they may be using you because they're facing some... Con- I'm not saying that they, they are, but they could be going through some difficult things. Let them use you. Love them anyway. You know what? I would rather give a person the benefit of the doubt and find out later something contrary than that I would rather give them the benefit of the doubt and find out later about some contrary wind that buffeted their life during that period than to be merciless and unkind and uncaring I don't think any of us will ever get to heaven 
and regret being merciful. But I am convinced there are going to be a lot of people that get to the end of life and they're going to look back and they're going to say, man, I wish I had not been so mean. I wish I hadn't been so harsh. I wish I hadn't been so judgmental. I wish I hadn't been so critical. You see, when you understand contrary winds, when you understand there are people that are fighting for their lives right now, they're just doing good to keep their head. They're doing good to keep food on the table. There are some people among us, believe it or not, that had a hard time getting gas to put in their vehicle just to get to church. There are some people that are in our midst that may have a hard time paying an electric bill this month or paying other expenses of life. And we look at them sometimes and we treat them harshly. Listen to me. When you understand contrary winds, it'll make you love everybody. And it'll make you love everybody all the time because you don't ever know what it is. And your love may be the very thing that helps get them through It may be Jesus coming their way through your life. I don't think that we can get to a point in life and look back and wish that we had been less merciful. Amen. Number three, if we only could remember these words, it would teach us how to pray more sincerely. How many times have people asked you to pray for them? And what they meant was, I need you to pray for me. And you interpret it as, I need you to pray for me. And so, as you're getting ready to eat your steak and fries, you say, oh, by the way, God, when you understand contrary winds, it'll make you get out of bed early in the morning or in the middle of the night and get down on your face and pray sincerely. God, I don't know what it is that they're facing, but I sense a struggle. I sense the battle. And I'm just asking you to give them supernatural strength. I'm asking you to put your hand on them. I'm asking you to let them feel the nearness of your presence. You see, when you understand contrary wind, when you understand that they're going through the fight of their life, it'll make you pray more sincerely. You'll not be giving him lip service. You won't be praying, now I lay me down to sleep. You'll be praying in the Holy Ghost because of contrary winds. If we could only remember that, it would make us walk more humbly. Because it could be us next. Amen, it could be us. It's amazing. Listen to me. It's amazing the pride that crowns the least deserving among us. Amen. What was the commandment of God? To do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly before thy God. When you remember contrary winds, you'll walk humbly because you will say, there go I except for the grace and mercy of God. There are people here tonight that are survivors of contrary winds. Life hasn't been easy, but you're still here. You've had some hard rowing, but you're still rowing. You blew, the, the winds blew hard against your soul, but you're still here. They even marked your life, but you're still here. You carry the scar today, but you kept rowing. For one whose rare natural talent should have produced a greater outcome, many people are crucified 
and we say of them they are failures. But the truth is we just don't know what kind of winds they've had to sail through. How many people in this building tonight wanted to go west but God sent them east? And so here we are. How many of us tonight wanted to be doctors but we became workers? How many people wanted this but got that? So it is with life. And we look at them and we think, you know what? They ought to be better off than that. They ought to be further along than that. But the contrary winds have had such an effect. We fail to see that contrary winds under which they have labored have been difficult. The hidden pressures under which they suffered. We overlook the hampering conditions under which they've had to go. And we've not seen those forces and influences that have tried to stop everything they've done. Pray for them. Pray more sincerely. How easy it is for us to compute the long journey but not know the untold forces that try to send a person backward. And so I remind you again tonight, when you understand contrary winds, you'll walk more humbly. Amen. You'll walk more humbly. And I want to close with these simple things. And I say them very, very carefully tonight. When we understand contrary winds, it will make us judge less harshly. It will make us love more deeply. And it will cause us to give more freely. Amen. There are people right now in our church family that are going through the most difficult things you could imagine. The winds that are trying to drive them back. Trying to stop them in their life and in their progress. Trying to push them away from the goal that God sent them toward. And they're rowing. They're trying. Be careful when you look at somebody and you criticize them. Be careful when you look at somebody and you judge them too harshly. You don't know what they've had to live through today. And you don't know what they've had to go through. So what should we do? We should love more deeply and care more carefully. Amen. And give more freely and be what Jesus was, a comfort to people in trouble. When he came walking on the waters, oh, what a relief it was to realize he was there. And that ought to be the way it is with everybody in the church. Not just a select few, but everybody. It ought to be a comfort when you show up. People ought to have a sigh of relief when they see you walking in, not a, oh my God, no. Amen. We ought to be a comfort rather than part of the conflict of the hour. Anybody listening to me tonight? Praise God. What I'm telling you will influence that button you push on your computer. Yeah, it'll influence that sin button. 
Because there's a lot of times we type things out and if we just took a moment to look at it, we'd push the D button instead of that S button. And remembering contrary winds will help you do that more often. And it'll help you be a comfort. You know what we need around here? This is a hospital, folks. We don't need people going around with billy clubs. We need people going around with stretchers and stethoscopes. We need people going around with care packages saying, I'm here to help you. I'm here to encourage you. Amen. You may think I'm preaching to the choir tonight, but I'm preaching to everybody here tonight. Amen. There's a lot of winds blowing. A lot of winds that are blowing in this day. Winds like I have never seen in my life, in my experience of living for God. I've never seen some of the things that God's people are being called to deal with today. Amen. That makes me just want to love people more than I've ever loved them before. You say, Brother Hughes, they deserve everything they're going through. You know what? That doesn't have anything to do with it. I'm not called to judge whether they deserve it or not. I'm called to be a strengthener of the brethren. I don't know if that's a word, but I just made it one. I am called to strengthen the brethren. My purpose in being here is to be a, a ray of light in a dark world. Amen. A smile on a face. A hug around the neck. A handshake in a, man, I'm praying for you. And really mean I'm praying for you. That's what we need. And if we would start doing that, I'm telling you right now, there would be such a revival breakout in this church. We'd have people walking on water. I'm telling you, go back and read that story. When Jesus finally got there, Peter got out of the boat and started walking on water. He, when, when, when you bring that kind of healing, helping atmosphere, there are all kind of miracles that take place. We're able to do things we never thought we'd do. We're able to go hug a neck. We're able to forgive people we never thought we could forgive. We're able to let things go that we thought we'd never let go. When He shows up and that mercy and that grace and that love and that compassion show up, it empowers all of us to do what we never thought we could do. Amen. So how about it, church? How about us remember that there's a lot of wind blowing right now? Amen. There's a lot of strange things going on. And so I'm going to pray like I've never prayed. I'm going to love like I've never loved. I'm going to care for people like I've never cared. I'm going to give like I've never given. Because I might just be what is needed for that situation at that moment. Let's stand together.